You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. Professors Melissa Klink and Henry Colazzo Canchola give a divinations lesson on what we hate about J.K. Rowling, love about Harry Potter, and the future of the wizarding world. Mark McRae goes live during his recent COVID test, and modern composer James Cooper invites us on a psychedelic journey into the Amber Caves. Beth and Kavika go back to school with Jonathan Wheatley for a little Comics 101. Dan delivers a new press release from DragonCon's media department, while Sexy Thor drops the rest of the latest nerd news with WTLK, The Thunder. Plus, the group free associates about human-slash-synthetic evolution, new VP pick Kamala Harris, and 80s wrestling on Saturday morning. Lightning Lad, roll the thunder. Thunder Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, you all have the special privilege this evening uh, of a visit from my wife, my love, Melissa Klink, and uh, one of my best buds, Henry Colazzo Canchola. They're all talking Harry Potter with Beth and Kavika. I'm just going to go on record, and then we can move on. Uh, The Cursed Child, the stage play, uh, is bad science fiction straight up. It's 100%. It's like it has no redeeming Potter values whatsoever. It's just complete science fiction. Um, I can't disagree, I guess, on, on, on that one. Well, we haven't read it. Yeah, that's why I can't disagree. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I haven't read it either, so I can't disagree. We were all fighting over who was going to start the episode, and that's how I'm starting it. Nothing to really respond to. We really enjoyed recording with Melissa and uh, your friend. Yeah, they had a blast. They, they had a blast. They, you know, we had a good time. I almost not trolled them, but I mispronounced so many things in the wizarding world. Well, you mispronounce things all the time in regular life, so that is to be expected. It's true. Um, it, it it was it was kind of cute being corrected uh for all all the different things i was like i don't even know what to call that or you know when oh I was yeah talking. yeah i get that constantly mark uh what are your thoughts and feelings on harry potter what are my thoughts and feelings about harry potter yeah i've been <laughs> dying to know all day as i've been editing these other folks talking about it. it's like what is right. what is mark so um think about harry potter here's here's the deal with harry potter i mean if they're going to the school and they're not allowed to use their magic outside of the school or in just the regular earth dimension, what is the point? That's the part that's always made my head explode. It's like Men in Black, where it's like they're working behind the scenes. It's similar with the magical world where they're doing all this stuff. So muggles don't know that the magical world exists. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, it's perfect. So in, in Elegant. Boom. Boom. In My Hero Academia, it's an anime and a manga. You have these group of uh, young adults training to be superheroes. And they're not allowed to use their superpowers outside of like 
having some type of supervision. So, I mean, it's not as uh, strict as Harry Potter where they're like, we're going to kick you out of school and, you know, that kind of thing. But it is interesting. If Quidditch were replaced with wrestling entertainment, Sexy Thor, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's a pretty loose idea that I just had. I'd like to know what, like, a Gryffindor versus Hufflepuff. Uh, oh, my God. See, I don't, never mind. I, my mind is just blazing in a thousand no, different No, I think that's directions. a great idea. What sexy if, Thor. What, uh, sexy let's, Thor, let's, yes. Yeah. What if Quidditch was replaced with WWE, WWF type, type of wrestling? Ah, uh, well, Gryffindor versus Slytherin would be the bloodiest of blood feuds inside yeah. Hell in a Cell, for sure. What? <laughs> and they would have, like, magical kendo sticks that shoot out spells. <laughs> you know, like, somebody slams somebody with a, a folding chair. Like, you know, there's, like, starbursts and stuff. <laughs> no, the folding chair is like a living creature. That's the fucked up thing. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Kind of like a, a mimic. You know, like, like the book. Like the, like the like chompy a... book. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just you thinking... <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely think uh, Crab and Goyle would definitely be a couple of the bigger monsters of the cage. Oh, dude, no, they'd fucking tag team. They'd be like the Bushwhackers, man. They'd be like licking yeah! each other and shit. <laughs> Those guys were weird. Everybody, go uh, <laughs> Google the Bushwhackers. WWF 1980-something. Guys, Hulk Hogan was wearing Gryffindor coilers back in the 80s. What? Oh, I mean, shit. I mean, I wasn't going to brag, but... And his logo and the Street Fighter logo look just alike. I'm Gryffindor. I'm House Gryffindor. I, I, would, I don't know if I want Hulk Hogan to be in the house. I'd more want, like, Andre the Giant than a Hulk Hogan. But, you know, if the Sorting Hat places him in the house, then, you know, it's just meant to be. But here's a good question. What house would Captain Lou Alabano be? Hufflepuff. And by the way... Sweet! Uh, I'll take him. Uh, uh, Andre the Giant, uh, Ravenclaw, all day. Ravenclaw, yeah. Yeah, duh. Yeah, okay. Duh. Mark, I apologize. Uh, we've totally gone off on Harry Potter. It's okay. <laughs> In wrestling, Harry yeah. Potter wrestling. What wizards would be good for swinging Richards? Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, 1980s, the cartoon show Rockin' Wrestling. Does anybody remember that? Oh, yeah. NBC. Came on, had a Mr. T lead-in, I think. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember who made it, though. They, they inter-spliced live action with animation. Right. And it was this, this WWF feud where you had Rowdy Roddy Piper and bad guys on one side and Hulk Hogan and good guys on the other. And they would get into hijinks and feuding in the cartoon. And then the live action portion, it was basically like them talking shit like they normally would in the ring. You know, an 80s cartoon that they missed out on is a glow 80s cartoon. <laughs> I would have loved that. Ooh. I mean, wasn't Jim and the Holograms basically a musical version of that? Because <laughs> any of those yeah. girls looked like they could have gone right into the ring. Jim and the Holograms and the Misfits, all of them. The hair, the outfits, yes. the makeup. Def definitely the Misfits for sure. I mean, Hell because yeah. of, because of the... The big hair and the fact that the misfits freaking hated the holograms 
it's just perfect. It's like a perfect setup for uh, a glow wrestling show. Yeah. So oh, I'm going to yeah. need us to invent time travel and then go into a glow wrestling animated series perfect for night like 1986 it would be like natively created of 1986 there's no better reason for time travel i think <laughs> plus that whole plot line about that guy who like really liked jim and liked jerica and he felt guilty because he thought there were two different people like ideal for today's wwe mm. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> mark and i were talking about the name jerica uh, jerica benton yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. my God. Privilege mixed sorority. When I was a kid, I thought that name was so cool. Jerica just sounded so cool. It's like Erica with a J. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Oh my God. So check it out. The uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling animated series yes. was a co-production yes. between the World Wrestling Federation and Deke Enterprises. Oh, Deke okay. Enterprises, yeah. they did co-productions with everyone in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, that's the same company that created the Inspector Gadget cartoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was their jam. And I actually interviewed one of the guys from Deke Enterprises in my book, Robbie London. And he said that was their business strategy, to do co-productions, to hook up with other you know, entertainment companies and, you know, create some type of property. So, uh, doesn't surprise me. Nice. You know what? That gives me a great idea. What I need now is an animated series based on us doing some type of thing. It could be wrestling and we could be singing and we could be podcasting. I don't know what it's going to be, but... But I we're going to need a time machine. We're going to need a time machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it could be simple. Definitely. It could be us being like Josie and the Pussycats, where we're the wrong people in the wrong place at the wrong time who rise through the occasion to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lightning Lad. Yeah, boss. You want to go down the road and pound some ESO real quick? Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different with the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. Hey, Thunder Faithful. Today we are joined by show friends and resident Potterheads, Henry Conchella and Melissa Clink. Hey, friends. Uh, how are you? Hello, hello. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourselves and also where the sorting hat placed you <laughs> why don't you why don't you tell your story first henry i think it's pretty funny and cute <laughs> <laughs> well hello my name is henny penny aka henry and i'm a hufflepuff and the funny thing about Yay. that was during my potter journey i always wanted to be a gryffindor just because i wanted to be one of the cool kids everybody does and then I guess I, I'm going to say a good five years after the movies, people started really getting into the whole sorting system. And 
I went to I went to this Rinky Dink website online and I got sorted into Hufflepuff and I was like, ugh. So I tried to rig it and get Gryffindor and I still got Hufflepuff. And then <laughs> I rigged it a third time and then still got Hufflepuff and I realized, you know what? I'm a Hufflepuff. That's just life. And you, yeah, life was just telling you. Right. Like the sorting yes. cat was trying yes. to tell you, you're actually a Hufflepuff. Yeah. He was trying to be a jock when he was really exactly. A and I <laughs> and I am a foodie. One of my, it's, I'm a foodie. So and you know what? When you think about it, I have Newt Scamander and I have. Come on, I have Cedric Diggory. He was a real. He was Pitt. Come on, Hufflepuff. Good job. Go yeah. on. Um. I just kind of always knew I was a Ravenclaw, and we went to Universal in Florida. Mostly, I wanted to go because, of course, I had to go to the Wonderful World of Wizarding. And yeah. so we all decided before we go, we'd do the um, the Pottermore. And, of course, I got sorted into Ravenclaw because, you know, I'm the, the smartest. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm the nerd with the tape around the middle of the glasses, you know. There you go. <laughs> so... What about you, Beth? What, what what are you? I mean, I already know the answer, but <laughs> I'm also a Hufflepuff. What? Yes. I thought, you know, after seeing the movies and stuff, I thought I might be a Ravenclaw because I was kind of like a bookish nerd. But then, you know, finding out more about Hufflepuff, I'm like, yeah, this bitch is 100% Hufflepuff. <laughs> That's right. And I'm totally great with that. I like being Hufflepuff. I'm like, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. It fits my personality. So it's just, I, I just huffle and puff. That means you're a yep, sweetheart. If you, <laughs> if you love food, you love animals, and you're loyal, come on. Right. It's wonderful yeah, So I have, I have also taken the test several times. And each time I've taken it, I've always gotten Gryffindor um and it just keeps no. i've tried to like <laughs> figure out different answers and it doesn't no. matter it doesn't matter what website whose phone anything i it always happens i always get gryffindor you are such a gryffindor honey <laughs> she's like natural born leader so everyone she meets is just her friend that she hasn't met yet when she was in school she'd be the first one like making friends and putting study groups together Aww. Yeah. Gryffindor all the way. <laughs> the, the hat always knows. The hat knows. It's it crazy. Knows. <laughs> uh, so we've all been sorted. We all kind of know where we fall amongst the houses. But as some of our listeners may have heard, there's been a bit of a scandal pop up recently mm. in, in regard to the author of The Wizarding World, uh, J.K. Rowling. Rowling, whatever. Anyway, so... Why don't we jump into that and just since y'all are our resident experts on the Potterverse, uh, tell us what you think <laughs> and yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to read um, after her tweet in December. This is a tweet I'm going to read real quick. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh. This is from Mrs. Rowling. If sex isn't real, there's no same sex attraction. If sex isn't real... The lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but dun dun dun, erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. I feel like every single time somebody goes, but but I but. have mm -hmm. that black friend, but, but I know a gay person. There is. 
there's always something and they try to twist it, but there's always like some type of hateful message behind it. I'm not racist, but <laughs> yeah. I'm not racist, yes. but yeah. Yes. But yep. What do, you, what do you think, Melissa? I was quite disappointed. Um, I read that really long-winded message that she put out. And there was a lot of stuff about um, feminism in there and how, you know, it goes against cis-born women and our feminist movement and being called a radical exclusionary feminist is like slander somehow. And I found my I was offended by that because I am a cisgender feminist. And to me, just the concept of like, oh, we're not exclusionary because we include men who used to be women. Like, that's if you include them, you need to include women who used to be men. Being feminist is about everybody being equal. Being a feminist means that we have struggled as women, no matter whether you started out as a woman or you became a woman, you have experienced struggle as a woman and you want everything to be equal between all people i think i think the fundamental thing about feminism is that that last line right there is the underlying theme is everybody gets the same equality everybody has the same opportunity to thrive and that's something that we need to be that's the message that we need to be pushing towards younger generations and to the older hate more hateful generations right yes Well, and along with that, there's not just one cookie cutter way to be a woman. And part of feminism is it's okay to be a stay at home mom. It's okay to be a high powered working mom. It's okay to not be a mother at all. There's so many different ways to be a woman. And it's really frustrating that people try to put that in a box and then they're either mad that someone is putting them in a box or they're mad that you're not putting yourself in a box. There's so many different ways to be, quote unquote, a woman or feminine or however you want to put it. I have short hair. I cut all my hair off. That doesn't make me less of a woman. If a woman has her ovaries removed, she's still a woman. Mm. If a woman has breast cancer and has her breasts removed, like... It doesn't matter. A trans woman's still a woman. And why do people get so bent out of shape at things that don't even affect them anyway? If it's not a person you're in a relationship with, why does it matter to you? Right. Exactly. And and just what you mentioned right now, that's J.K. Rowling's second tweet, which I'm going to read right now. She says this. People who menstruate. I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Wumbin, Wimpund, Wumud. Opinion, creating a more equal post-COVID-19 world for people who menstruate. So my problem with this is, just like what you said, not all women menstruate. No, not at all. Period. That's That's like me saying, my Uncle Jack, he's sterile. Does that make him less of a man? Because he can't. Right. Come on. And same thing for, okay, my friend, uh, one of my friends, she's never had, she's never menstruated in her whole life. And Roman's now going to be transitioning. And it's a beautiful thing for him to be who he was always supposed to be. 
And I don't get why we are saying you're a woman because you menstruate. What about what about my grandma? Yes. What, <laughs> what about every what other? About everybody what about my grandma? After what about every, everybody yes. after menopause? <laughs> well, my so mom had a hysterectomy pretty... at thirty. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Oh my god. So to say that, little does she know, we, us as human, we're just a whole, we're just a bag of hormones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and bad decisions usually. <laughs> my friends on um tea right now, and I'm seeing Roman. Just, oh my God, facial hair. Everything's, oh my God, he's so handsome and he is, I'm like, you know what? This is you. You know what I mean? It's yeah. that simple. I think um, as people, we're so worried about um, body parts. That's what it is. We're so worried about parts. Parts don't defy sex, period. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> what about the new Batwoman? Oh, I'm looking forward. Oh no, that's right. We're supposed to talk about that. Talk- no, that's right. Uh, no, they've signed Kate Mulgrew as the new Batwoman. <laughs> once, once they figure this whole COVID thing out, yeah, we start production, and I'm really it's it's I think it's the first like CW show that I give a shit about. Dan, nah, Dan, don't don't, Dan, we, don't mess with my emotions that way Dan, by telling me Kate Mulgrew. Dan, we all know you were cursing with Scott Bakula. Oh, my, you know, oh we're God. not even doing that, dude. We're not even doing that. <laughs> someone, someone on Facebook said, "Oh wow, I just realized that that lady with the red hair on Orange Is the New Black was once Janeway on Voyager." Oh yeah, and I read yeah. that. I read that on Facebook. I'm just like, oh my gosh. I don't know. Maybe because when I watch the show, I look up everyone to see, get a little background of who they are, where I've seen them before, or something like that. I know everyone doesn't do that. But, oh, totally. No, you know, my, my spirit animal is, is not only Janeway lost in the Delta Quadrant, but Janeway in prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I got my IMDb app ready to go half the time I'm watching most things. Mm-hmm. So Batwoman, we want we want to dish about Batwoman? Right. Okay. So the new Batwoman is going to be played by a actor named... Okay, I'm not sure how you pronounce her first name, so forgive me if I mess it up. I bet, I bet Adam can. I uh, at least think it's pronounced Javicha. Yeah. Javicha. Okay. Obviously. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. Leslie Javicha Leslie is the actor. She's going to play a character named Ryan Wilder, and she was previously in a series called God Friended Me. Okay. And uh, it's uh, I think it's good news for the series. Oh, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you guys feel, but I wasn't really on board with the Batwoman series. I was enjoying. I thought the show was getting better towards the end as things were starting to gel. But uh, right. But that's why I was upset when I heard Ruby was less like, whoa, whoa, the show's just finally starting to get good. And we just lost the main actress. But yeah, yeah, thanks a little continues. I'm excited now again. So, yeah. 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 Well, that happens a lot. A show gets good at the end and then either gets canceled or or an actor leaves the series. I mean, I'm glad that they didn't just replace the character with a, you know, Earth 40 version of the Ruby Rose Batwoman character. It's like it's going to be somebody new, somebody fresh. And so hopefully the show will continue, you know, to get high ratings and do well for the CW. Javisha. Javisha. I would pronounce it. Javisha. Javisha. She will be the okay, uh, yeah. first original CW uh, hero character as well by doing yep. this. 
Arrowverse original. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And are they? does anyone know if they're going to do Crisis again? I, I mean, I'm thinking they have to. Well, technically, after Crisis, everything's all in one universe. They'll have to definitely address her, what happened to Batwoman. They say that's going to be... Right. I've heard that's one of the subplots of the second season is what happened to Kate Kane. And we'll go right. from there. Yeah. It's funny that the first season was all about what happened to Batman. Now the second season is what happened to the last Batwoman. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's, we just have to resolve that cliffhanger too, because the cliffhanger was, we have a fake Bruce Wayne showing up in Gotham City. Yes, hush. But this character, but uh, this new Batwoman would have no relation to Bruce Wayne whatsoever. So that wouldn't even. <laughs> yeah. Right. So she won't be emotionally tied to take him out if she needs yeah. to. But, I mean, hopefully, you know, Alice will be looking at her sideways like you're not my sister. And we get more of Alice, who's oh, yeah. easily the, the, the real star of the show. Oh, yeah, she definitely <laughs> came into her own in the, the later half of the season. I thought she was annoying at first, but she's a much better character. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, sounds cool. Sounds really I just cool. want to see uh, Lucius Fox Jr. become Batwing before it's over. That's all I'm asking. Because <laughs> <laughs> he eventually becomes Batwing. Yes. Oh, Batwing. Yeah. I forgot about that. Did you ever wonder why there are 24-hour kid networks? In my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives, I write about how Saturday morning became a competitive business and the proving ground for what would become the 24-hour kid network. My book covers the big bang of the 1960s explosion of high ratings to the early digital age of Saturday morning's last hurrah, the 1990s. You can purchase my book by going to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com and I will ship you a signed copy. Hey, Thunder Faithful. Today we're joined by a show friend and resident comic guru, Jonathan Wheatley. Good morning. Good day. How are you, Wheatley? Uh, doing excellent. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good. You know, it's a great start to the weekend for us. So we, we brought you on today because we're looking to get into some comics. And uh-huh. I'm sh- I'm sure we have loads of comic uh, listeners. And some of our listeners are probably more like us. Read a couple comic books, but nothing serious. Yeah, I know um, when I was growing up, I didn't really read comics just because I lived in super small towns where there were no comic book shops. The only access to comics really may have been like one or two things at the grocery store, like where the books and the magazines were. So where should we start? What is something that would kind of bring in a new reader? You know, like you're our expert. Well, uh, it's all like anything else. It's all you have to figure out where you want to dive into because comics, like all mediums, are like spread out. There's so many different things you can go into. And uh, actually, I actually have one question for you, uh, you folks. Are you anime fans? I love anime <laughs> so much. Okay. <laughs> I like anime. She's a much bigger anime fan than I am. Okay. It's true. Because one uh, nice way to slide in is uh, if you ever read the mangas that many of those animes are based on. I haven't really. I have. I've. I've seen them. You know, like we go into the bookstore or something, and you see mm. rows of you know thick bound manga books. Have they been English translated? Are they in Japanese? Like you go know, like any local Barnes Noble or bookstore, they are English trend. The one that they are English translated. The one difference is, of course, you have to read them from right to left, oh, as okay. do in Japan. But it, once you get used to it, it's really fast. It's like it's no big deal at all. And I've I have a few bunch of mangas on my shelf next to my regular comics, and I'm actually reading one right now called uh, "The Devil Is a Part Timer." Have you ever seen that uh, anime? Yes, I have. <laughs> it, you know, it's <laughs> it, like he's like uh working like some type of diner or something it's called mcgronald's 
<laughs> Not McDonald. That's yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a pedigree across the street called the Southern Fried Chicken. Like, there is so obvious what they're referencing. But yeah. so if you've seen the ma- anime, you know what it's all about. But the manga apparently goes further because I don't think they've made a second season yet. Which no, I'm, they haven't. Which is sad that, like, if you liked a lot of those anime shows where they get cut off, like, well, there's so much more story left over. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one anime that I really enjoyed that only had one, I think, one or two seasons was Claymore. Oh, and yeah. I'm sure it's based on a manga or you know, a manga, however you pr- you're supposed to pronounce it. Manga, manga. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine it's based off of some type of literature. And I don't know why they lost production of it. And, you know, I've always wanted to get the rest of that story because it was left on a cliffhanger and it was tragic. And I was like, oh, man, what's going to happen next? And yeah. then you will never know. <laughs> yeah, that is one of those animes I watched and I go, I want to go back and read the manga. And sure enough, the manga does go further in the story. So if you want to get uh, further in the story like that, yeah. So we were recently, we were binging your episodes, right? Oh, thank you. Are you the 36 uh, views I've been getting in Oklahoma lately? Or? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're listening and we're like, man, Wheelie sure does know a lot about these comics. Mm-hmm. What were your first comics that kind of got oh. you into this? I actually got started with this great story called Iron Man Armor Wars. And the cover was... Iron Man in this blue stealth armor. I go, what? Wait, that's not the red and gold armor. What's this mess? And it says he's fighting the Crimson Domino and Titanium Man. He goes, and one dies. I go, what? Oh, no. You're like, I hope it's not Iron Man. Someone's dying. Yeah, but I go, like, com- people don't die in comics. And I read it, goes, whoa, someone did die in the comic book. It was one of the, snip- one of the characters on the cover. I'm not going to spoil it if you ever get a chance to read it. It's a great classic comic. But it's also a larger story where Iron Man is essentially a criminal. Because someone stole his Iron Man technology, and this is the point where Tony Stark had this bit, I don't want to make weapons anymore. Mm-hmm. But then someone stole his Iron Man technology, and now they're making more weapons off his stuff. So he's going around destroying all the armor people that use his technology. Turns out half those people are actually government officials and agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff like that. <laughs> so he's breaking the law. And he gets kicked out of the Avengers at the end of this issue, too, and go, all right, this elevated what comics can be. And that kind of opened the springboard there. So, yeah. Very cool. Um so you're suggesting getting into manga because this is, you know, this is course 101. We we treat it like we really don't know anything. Of course, we've seen some of like the the new 52, right? Is that what it's called? The, it was called the new 52. They since rebooted back. I have a drinking game on my show. I joke with everybody with a t-shirt with the, the history comic book drinking game. Take a shot every time DC reboots his universe. <laughs> <laughs> they did a thing called Crisis of Infinite Herbs where they tried to finally get their continuity straight. Okay. And it kind of worked. They did the zero hour 10 years later. Then they did New 52 and they kept going like, oh my gosh, come on, DC, just get it together. <laughs> so every time they reboot the universe, do they do like um, origin stories all over again? Yeah. Holy moly. The problem with DC, unlike Marvel, DC is essentially a, co- a collection of different combo companies over the decades mashing into one big thing. Over the years, they've acquired companies, whereas Marvel grew their companies from the ground up, all their characters. Oh. And that's why you read a Marvel book, their continuity, even though it's a bit of a mess, even though it's it's, it's hard to follow because it's like 50 years of, some, mm-hmm. of a giant universe, you right. can still follow it. Where DC is like, 
well, how do we get this guy in here and this stuff? So, yeah, that's... Yeah, it blew my mind that Shazam. I was like, what? Man, oh. like, this dude has some serious powers. And he was, you know, oh, he yeah. got the power from the wizard. You know, all the seven wizards. And then he makes other Shazams, I guess, with them. Oh, that's a whole story in itself. Because <laughs> <laughs> the original Captain Marvel at one point was so more popular than Superman. So DC sued the owners of Captain Marvel. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, they claimed he was a copy, even though he was actually flying first. Because you remember that old saying, Superman leaps tall buildings in a single bound? Yeah. That was literally his powers. He didn't fly at first. He he actually just leaped. Oh, that's something. Yeah, that's something I didn't know at all. Super jump. Super jump. You ever seen that Disney adventure film with John Carter a few years back? Yes. He had some really cool, like just ping, ping, like a yeah. a serious Mario brother contender. Well, that's based on the old pulse by Edgar Rice Burroughs. He was also the creator of Tarzan and a lot of great uh, adventure characters. Okay. And, you know, the concept was because he's from Earth, Mars has a lower sensor of gravity. He's able to actually jump right. high and stuff like that. Yeah. That was the same principle with Superman. He was able to jump high because Krypton had a lower gravity. So he comes, or well, no, had denser gravity. My mistake. It was reversed there. But yeah. Thunder Talk exclusive. <laughs> I'm pleased tonight to be joined by musician extraordinaire James Cooper. How you doing, James? Well, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Just trying to trying to stay low, stay out of the radar while uh well while, while blasting the internet. You know that's what this right. whole COVID thing is about. <laughs> the, the body lives in a cave, but you're you're. Your presence is is on is on the web. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I'm living in the Amber Cave, putting out the music. Yeah, let's just jump right into that. Uh, Amber Caves, you got you got this this rocking new single out. Why don't you go ahead and give us uh, give us some story behind that? Uh, yeah, man. So uh, back in like 2018, I uh, was uh, just tracking on. Uh, my uh, roommate's like laptop i just i was kind of new to recording on my own because I, I just never had like a, a setup or anything and uh usually i just go to like different studios and record and whatnot but uh yeah so i i was i basically just got this like trial version of pro tools and was just like all right i'm gonna like just <laughs> bunker down for the next 30 days and just record an album with what i got basically right you know? and, right right I just like started with this bass line. It was just the bass track, and then I just uh, was just kind of flowing on that. Uh, layered it with the the drums. It's it was it's like an electronic drum. I didn't actually use like real drums on this track, except for like the cymbals and like sure, crescendos okay. and yeah. And I just uh, layered it with the guitar solo over top. Like it was basically just like going to be an instrumental song when right, I was right, writing right. it. I was just like, yeah, what the hell? Just try to add this guitar solo over it. It's kind of different. You don't usually hear like a mellow instrumental track with like a heavy guitar solo over it. So. Oh, no, yeah, right, right. No, you're 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 definitely filling a a, a much needed d- demand right there. A psychedelia with some with some <laughs> surf love. Uh, yes, I think, sir. Uh, be, starts at least starts the conversation about about the track Amber Caves. Yeah. Oh yeah, I uh, I've been heavy into that sound like man since probably like 2010 around then I started like just diving in deep into that sound. Right. Just the 60s and 70s grooves and I I was out in California like Marietta when I was recording it 
Yeah, no, and, I wanted uh, to like I grew up I grew up Hemet. Like you and I you and I Oh uh, yeah. We treaded the same dirt, man, the same desert. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. nice. I didn't I, know you were out there. All about Marietta. Hitting hitting that target off of Clinton Keith Road. Uh for <laughs> for, for bargain bin Star Wars toys to flip on eBay. Uh, my parents in law <laughs> lived in Marietta. Uh, holy crap, dude, my kids were born in Marietta the hospital, the one right there off of the uh 215 yeah yeah it's it's, yeah 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 oh i know all about marietta dude yeah oh man yeah that's like uh my old stomping grounds man i mean i've only been out in utah now for coming up on two years okay okay Uh, man yeah just that whole area clinton keith all that yeah i just man driving by that every day (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah same here yeah having to like go into having to drudge into into temecula uh yeah 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 so I know where you were rolling around when you were writing this. Uh, mm-hmm. it, as the story goes, you knew that you're, you'd be moving to Utah. Uh-huh. That that's what was kind of on your mind when you wrote this while in Marietta. Yeah, I wasn't really like uh, sure about it, but I, I just had this feeling like you know it, it kind of seemed right at the time. I never thought I'd leave California. Like I was like hey, the furthest here, thing from my mind. There's a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> that anticipation going on with this track where where can everybody find you on the internet how can people give you their money how where can we download you where where are you at out there so far i only have like three uh singles out there i mainly promote from spotify but i'm also on like apple music and pretty much every streaming service out there yeah i'm also also i mainly promote from like my instagram page it's uh, james.sterling.cooper uh, I'm kind of on Twitter as well, Facebook a little bit, but yeah, mainly from Instagram I kind of promote, but I'm working on getting like a website going here soon, also for my guitar straps that I paint as well. Oh, nice. So Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, do these custom guitars. Oh, nice. Well, you know what we'll do is we'll put, a, we'll put all that in the show notes, so everybody uh, just scroll down and click, and and you'll be, you'll be seeing, uh, you'll be getting a face full of... James Cooper and the single (laughs) Amber Caves coming at you now. Thank you. 
This is a 30-second ad spot for the Black Market Toast podcast, where we take a piece of media out of the cupboard, dust it off, toast it up, and serve it as something completely new. What? Well, it means we either listen to or watch a movie or TV show or piece of music and then it's not like we just use whatever media we pick as a conversation starter (laughs) well because it's fun okay listen to it on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on facebook or something what what i'm kind of curious is because of her tweets and now she's we're seeing a history of her and and her opinions on gender and sexuality i almost wonder if when she first introduced that dumbledore was gay like the after the fact kind of thing like oh no it's all in the subtext i almost wonder Mm -hmm. if she was like kind of pandering to fans in a certain way but secretly you know she has been anti-gay from the entire time and she didn't want to have Harry be in this school where, you know, is led by this very strong gay man and and show like warm gay feelings, you know, and mm-hmm. they kind of hit it off into the fucking closet. We ne- we're now seeing this in the new movies, right? Like we, we got more in depth with uh, what the crimes of Griswold or the Grindelwald. Yeah, the yeah. Grindelwald. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I am not the expert <laughs> at the time. I mean, yes, I've, yes. I've seen all the movies. I've, I've read the books many years ago. I, I just kind of wonder why, why she's, you know, or, and is it actually her? Cause like, I haven't read these new like I, I'm supposing that they were books as well, right? But no, no. So it was no. It we was they, the we did have a fan. We d- yeah, we did have a Fantastic Beast and Where to mm-hmm. Find Them book, mm-hmm. but it was like it was like a school book, textbook. Yeah, it was a textbook yeah, that textbook was for, mentioned yeah. in the original story, and then they thought, oh, yes. wouldn't it be fun if we made a movie out of that? But yeah. um, the alluding to Grindelwald and Dumbledore was actually in um, the seventh book. They go a lot into mm-hmm. their relationship when they were younger and they were trying to find the Deathly Hollows together. And you could tell that this was not a friendship. It wasn't just a friend. It was like exactly. a friendship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say that's proof that she's not homophobic or anti-gay um you know it could have just been like "Mm, hey why not you know uh yeah there was definitely the subtext you mentioned (laughs) disappointing that though that's it like that's all there was in all these books all these characters and she wouldn't even had to make a huge deal of it and just be like oh so and so and so and so went to the ball together right there could have been more with that many kids in the school and that many teachers and also with the freaking uh the cup where they brought in all the kids from the other schools <laughs> there had to be some gay kids in there come right. on like maybe some of the Bobaton girls were running <laughs> off together somewhere <laughs> yes. i mean it was all girls school so right <laughs> yeah but it's starting to be a trend with jk rowling it seems like she mentions you see when when gay marriage and things were trying to become legalized and things were starting to push forward, that's when she announced um, mm-hmm. Dumbledore was gay. And now all of a sudden, we have Black Lives Matter going on 
a month ago, and then she brings out this tweet. And we all know when it comes to the um, trans community, black trans women, highest death rate, highest suicide rate. And I'm going to tell you right now, most gay, queer people, everybody in the LGBTQ community, they're normally Potter fans, which is funny because we found this world where it's, you know, it's good versus evil. It's the mudbloods, the pure bloods. Everything about it was so, wow, I related to the mudblood. You know what I mean? I related yeah. to Hermione. When they were calling her mudblood, I'm like, oh, I relate to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, we're, we're, we're a whole yeah. bunch of half-breed, you know? like half yes. I guess, has she always had this back in her closet in her grimoire? Was she always kind of, always kind of like hateful towards people that weren't normal and then it seems odd because here you create this world of oddities and it's very vibrant and full of different flavors and colors and spectrums all over the place and different creatures but then at the same time you're narrowing down what you think and so where is that coming from i mean do you guys have any idea well, to be honest, I think it's um, J.K. Rowling, you know, she's a boomer. And in her mind, I think she was just trying to like, especially with the um, Dumbledore's announcement. And I do believe what you're saying there. She was trying to, you know what, let me just, I'll just throw Dumbledore out there. Give them something. She, she, you know, she was doing book signings galore. She knows how many queer fans she has. Oh, absolutely. She knows. So she's like, okay, let me do this for them. He's not gay, but let me do this for them. And I'm just going to say one thing. When you read the books, one of the best written characters, the most believable character in the series is Umbridge. She was so <laughs> oh. believable. She was Maybe so believable. Maybe she's Umbridge. Like she's secretly uh, it, Umbridge. You know what I'm saying? Because she's so believable. When you read, oh my God, when you read The Order of the Phoenix, I was terrifying. honestly oh, terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> absolutely and and whenever a writer brings these characters to life that are so believable it's definitely bits of the writer in that character she's dolores umbridge i'm gonna say that (laughs) i'm sorry should we give her a pink bow (laughs) right i'm telling you she's dolores umbridge because she when she was writing that character she was too happy and that character was too believable and too impactful you ended up hating her more than you hated voldemort somehow (laughs) (laughs) that's 100 true i'm sorry professor but i must not tell a lie (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh well you you see it with actors too like whenever an actor is portraying a certain character really really well you have to think like underneath it all are you really actually an asshole like, is this mm-hmm. who you are as a person, and that is why you're able to play this? Actually, I, I've heard that most um, actors that play villains are, like, the nicest people in the world. Like, people were talking about uh, Tom Felton, who played uh, Malfoy, and just how he was just the biggest yes. sweetheart in the world. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think it's just something in, like, you know, I'm a nice person, but, you know, I want to let my bad side out a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. But it's just make-believe. <laughs> It probably yeah. some of it is the the boomer in her though, because a lot of boomers have kind of this attitude where it's like, you gay people have asked for so much, you know, equal rights. We've asked for so much, but this trans thing is just asking too much. Yes, yes. 
and and trans people it's not just in the hetero community it's even in the gay community trans people are treated horribly Absolutely. you get what I'm saying? there's a lot of gay people Absolutely. who do not yeah oh they they will flip the script and be like oh i don't understand oh if if why doesn't why doesn't this person just date a girl that's more masculine or why doesn't this person do this why why does she feel the need to become a man like that's just be a tomboy i hear that all the time just be a tomboy yeah i think people are just projecting their own insecurities and stuff on other people It's that motherfucking Trump, dude. Every dude, the oh, fucking the, the black hole in which we weep into every goddamn time we get on this microphone and forget oh. that we're having fun. It's that motherfucker Trump. I know. Hey, <laughs> one one piece of news that we just got though is Biden's pick for VP. Yeah. Who? Who is it? Kamala Harris. Hey. Hey, hey. So, I mean, that's a solid ticket. Um, I think it's a step in the right direction. It'll bring people together. Personally, I was pleased. Yeah, no, I'm feeling good about it. I was watching uh, one of my guilty pleasures, Judge Judy. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And, And they interrupted Judge Judy. Fox News interrupted judge judy the series airs on a fox affiliate and so like the real fox news um not the local fox news but like the cable fox news interrupted judge judy to let everyone know that kamala harris is joe biden's pick and they were saying that this is a pretty strong ticket i think it's really strong three pointer three pointer america you have your chance right now right listen to me listen to my words do the right thing. Right. Do the right thing. I, I would like to find out, like, who were the people that were in the running for the pick? I bet we could probably guess, you know, who who they well, were. Well, I, I know Rice, Susan Rice was one of the candidates I think they were looking at. She yes, worked yes. for the Obama administration. Stacey Abrams. Yeah, Stacey Abrams. I think even Elizabeth Warren was also, might have been a possible pick. Yeah, I was going to oh, say. Oh, I was going to say. Definitely. Yeah. She was a possibility. She was my sure. pick for president. Yes. I mean, mine too. Yeah. Smart lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Too smart for America. Yeah. America doesn't like nice things. <laughs> <laughs> That's some truth there. You know, sometimes people are just like, you know, I don't know if I'd want the college professor to be my president. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's that. Yeah. yeah, but you know that she would be able to run shit. Oh, for sure, you know for sure. It's just sometimes there is, I don't know. I hate to say it, but sometimes a presidential candidate, as well as his VP pick, they have to have some type of star quality. And I know how silly that sounds, but I think that's a part of it. You know? Well, I mean, I, I will take your suggestion. Uh, <laughs> we're going to say the Allo ticket, uh, twenty thirty five. There you mm-hmm. go. Vote for me for president, uh, twenty thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and vote vote for Brock Clink in twenty sixty four. There you go. Oh my gosh. Um, and then after five <laughs> terms, an unprecedented, he becomes the United President of the United States of Space. And then he's the last president we ever need, because then my daughter is democratically elected uh, goddess emperor of the Terran hegemony. Long may it reign over our solar system and four others. 
Can you fill up two cups of water for me and then bring them to me to drink, please? <laughs> what, honeybee? Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> and by then, I will be actually be considered old enough to be an all-father of my own realm. You know, truthfully, by that time, I- I'm-, I'm hoping for San Junipero, right? I'm hoping that Beth and I are able to download ourselves into some virtual realm, a cyborg body, a anything, you know, and that I get to live for forever. Wow. <laughs> I think you talked I think you thought about this a lot. <laughs> I you know what's crazy is I actually have thought about this way more than any sane person should. It's have. the next okay, check this out. Uh the next step in human evolution is cyborg because of distance and time and whatnot. And what got me thinking about it was the Transformers movie from 1986. When you look at Unicron in the very first scene, he rolls up on a planet and destroys it. And that planet is a bunch of robot life. Uh, then there's the Autobots, the Decepticons, the fucking Quintessons, uh, the Junkions, all other life in the cosmos. It appears in Transformers. The cartoon is cybernetic life. Well, like it's that's something the that- next step. Cause I mean, dude, 10,000 years, you're going to need to live for 10, 20, 30, hundred thousand yes. years. To, Precisely. To even have a chance of making your mark on the galaxy. But also, if you have not seen the San Junipero episode of Black Mirror, everybody go watch it. You it's know, great. You pimped that like many episodes back, and I totally corrected you on the pronunciation pronunciation of that. And then I researched it when I was editing, and I realized, fuck, Dan, they were totally right. Uh, <laughs> so there was, it's you know, shit. That was like a year ago. I don't know. I don't look back. There is a show on Amazon uh, where the guy dies in a car accident. Well, he gets hurt in a car accident. And so they're wheeling him in the hospital sometime in the future. And they say, well, either do you want to be downloaded or you want to take your chances on the operating table? And he decides to be downloaded. As the story progresses, it seems like there is this conspiracy that maybe his accident wasn't an accident. You know, and so things are getting interesting and the person that had to upload him into this world, there's parts of his memory that she can't get to. It's called Upload. That's the name of the series. And it's on Amazon. And I just started watching it. I think I'm like three episodes in and it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty interesting. We are Nerdlanta. We got these filters. I think they're called pea poppers. That's, oh, that's, that's for popping peas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for, for mm-hmm. popping all the peas. Sweaty balls and, and pea poppers. poppers. Always is time. time. <laughs> Can a podcast be a reboot? Oh, God, Absolutely. yes. I guess that's it. We played the promo. That was an awesome promo. One of our biggest concerns was it's pretty expensive to get into comic book reading. And I know that there are 
like comiXology, you know, like, well, I know there's like some subscription services possibly. Do you subscribe to any of these things? Uh, Not yet because I don't have a proper tablet to read them on. I kind of want to get like a good size iPad. Okay. Like one of those iPad pros or something. Yeah. Because then I can get a good form because I've actually seen, I've read a comic on one of those before. It goes, oh man, if I ever get one of these, I'm going to do every one of those subscription services just to. <laughs> well, plus also then you don't have to worry about like messing up the pages or anything. Oh, you yeah. are a collector. Yeah. We've had this conversation in the past. You have a room full of comics, right? Oh, yeah. My library, and- yeah. <laughs> a mix of books, trades, and comic books. I'm over around 6,500. 6, That's which so been- much. Well, I've been doing this since I was 10, so I've had a yeah. little bit of time. So there are times that in other digital media where we have gone and we have purchased an item multiple times, right? So we'll get it digitally, but then we might also want a, you know, a physical copy, physical copy, like, cause we're going, we're going on a trip and we, we won't have access to the internet, but we want to watch a couple shows. So we'll take a Blu-ray with us. Are you that type of collector? Would, Would you, do you subscribe to like, Hey, I'm just, man, this is Batman number one i'm gonna buy batman number one three different places three different times well if you're talking about the original batman number one i have i have a mortgage so i can't afford something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'll have to be an only digital purchase but uh but uh see marvel has a great subscription called marvel unlimited which is 9.99 a month but it's the entire marvel catalog holy mo- you know yeah. what that might be yeah. something like that might be where we would really gravitate towards because 10 bucks you know that's really the price of one comic book oh yeah it's like uh, one or two well it's the price of like a manga book we're going back to that because that's nothing about great about mangas you get like a nice little paper book sized book for like 10 bucks but size we pay for regular paperback but uh yeah you can uh yeah you basically save money just doing that and also, DC's finally fixed their DC online service. Of course, you get the, all the DC shows on their little app as well. But they finally went from a curated comics list to the, uh, put the whole library on there. And now nice. people really like that, yeah. Okay, let, let's just say that we go and get one of these subscription services like Marvel. What, what should we read first? I would say if you get on the Marvel Unlimited, check out Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. They did a line called the Ultimate Line, where they basically rebooted the entire universe in a separate comics line. While the original one was still going on, because let's make this more an entryway for new readers to get into. And Ultimate Spider-Man does a great job of just deconstructing the entire origin story from beginning to end. Great art by Mike Bagley, written by Brian Michael Bendis. And yeah, it goes, yeah, so that's a good starting point for Spider-Man, their flagship character. So yeah, it does a great job starting out. So yeah. So Ultimate Spider-Man, like how how long? Like how many how many books is, does that encompass? Like oh. how long of a time period do you think? Oh, uh, well the first run was like 13 issues. It was really okay. good. But, and it lasted for a while though and it even lasted up until Miles Morales, the current uh, Ultimate Spider-Man from the Spider-Verse movie uh shows up. So yeah. But that's a nice long uh, continuity stretch. It'll be a good run. Oh, okay. That's probably something that we would check out. So what are you reading right now? Well, I, well have you ever been in a comic book store? They have a, you know, they have a thing called a pull list. Okay. 
where you can go in there, you can tell them, I want this comic book's new release when it comes out. And they put it in your pull box when they put out the comic books on the shelves. Oh, so you're always... That's you're cool. Always, yeah. It's like uh, watching simulcast of animes. <laughs> like, right the day it comes oh, out, yeah. you're like, you're you're there watching it, <laughs> reading it. If you find a local comic book store, because uh, Wednesday is, is new comic books day. That's when the new oh. comics come back every time. And you just tell them, hey, and I, I'm there every Wednesday regardless. I, and I got myself on a budget. I get five comic books flat. But that's still quite a bit. Five that's a comic good way books to do it. A, a week, right? Five comic books a week? Oh, yeah. It's like 20 bucks. Yeah. Worst ways to spend money. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there are worse vices to have. Yeah, well, my, yeah, my mom and my step, she has a fight with my stepdad about, you spent too much money on that. Uh, she plays uh, those games on her phone all the time. It's like, because it's 20 bucks a week. I'm allowed to, you spend that on bowling. Shut up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, you single-handedly helped pay for the mortgage of that comic book place, probably. Oh, yeah. I'm one of those regular customers. You always want to keep happy, so they, they they know me by name. Yeah. What is your favorite comic book store? Well, the one I have is the Borderlands of the Upstate. Uh, it's right here. They're the ones that do the South Carolina Comic Con. Now okay. they've been great about hosting the Comic Con. They even have other comic book stores get boots there too. Because the owner Rob, he's big about just uh, expanding the medium stuff like that. He's gotten in guests. He got down Kevin Eastman, the co-creator of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, to be a guest one time. So, yeah, it's been awesome, awesome. pretty good, guys. Up there in the uh, where, of course, me and Dan and Adam live around. So we try to we couldn't do it this year because it got canceled with everything, this old mess. But, uh, yeah. Very cool. Well, I know that we are totally – well, one, I'm going to make my wife go with me and we're going to pick out a, a manga. And also, I think that we do have a local comic book store just right up the street. And I think that we should go check out it. And maybe also this uh, Marvel subscription service, because 10 bucks that's quite a deal. Oh, yeah. What would you like to plug today? What are you doing? I mean, I know what you're doing. We, we, <laughs> we've listened to it. We love it. It's a great podcast. But go oh, ahead. Thank you. Go ahead and tell our listeners. History of Comic Books podcast. You can listen to me on uh, all the uh, podcasting platforms, Apple, Spreaker, Stitcher, Himalaya, so forth. I have a Facebook page, History of Comic Books podcast, Twitter, and also uh, something of an Instagram account. I haven't got that thing going yet. I took a few pictures, and that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go through this journey, and we're going to use you as our guru to help us guide the way. You'll be our Jedi master (laughs) of comics. Jedi Master Comics. Excellent. You know, what's crazy is I wonder if we're going to look back and be like, man, that was a tough year. You, you know, know, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I got something we can all look back on right now. Mark took a COVID test. What, Mark, about three weeks back? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So Mark called me in the on his uh, car phone, and I put my phone on speaker and held it up to my stereo mic. While I was doing dishes, kind of wandering around the house, the audio is shitty all over the place uh, and in stereo. But uh, interesting, uh, Mark. So you were you were in line for this test? I was in line for this test, and it was a lot of confusion. And uh, I had to wait about forty five minutes. The test took no less than five minutes for everything to be done. Yep. 
There were only two cars in front of me, and I don't know if they were having problems with their test or they hadn't made an appointment, but I was a little mad that it took so long for me just to get to the window to take the test. Clown cars. <laughs> it's, it was clearly you're, the two cars in front of you were full of clowns. Right. At least a dozen each. <laughs> and that is clearly why, because then that would make uh, you know more sense of why it took so long. Yeah, yeah. But no uh, bullshit, though. <laughs> I have the 50, almost 50 minutes of audio to prove it. Uh, <laughs> what do you say, Mark? Should we, should we uh, 10 minutes? We're going to yeah. drop 10 minutes yeah. on you. Yeah, yeah, let's play it, definitely. Thunder Talk exclusive. <laughs> so there's one car in front of me. I'm just like, oh my gosh, how long does this thing take? Huh? How long have you been in line for? Let's see. Well, I think about 45 minutes. Well, that's what I've been hearing on the news. 45 all the way to a couple hours. How long of a minute? I have, uh, you know, I have relatives that are, you know, a generation older than we are. Right. And they have friends who think it's all a hoax, you know. Oh, no. Yeah, they think it's all, it's all, it's all just a game. And sure enough, they caught it. Yeah, of course they did. They caught it. It looks like they're going to make a recovery. But, you know, same people that just wouldn't wear a mask. People that think masks are a... It's some kind of political issue. Right. I mean, what well, the Trump, hell is that? Trump made it political. Yeah, right. Made it right. political. And then now he's cut out the CDC. You know, don't send any information to the CDC. Just send it straight to Washington. Oh, yeah. You know, what the fuck? That, that's crazy, too. Yeah, well, that's you know? like, I'm not even sure that's legal. Like, right. why have a CDC? CDC is contradicting stuff that he's saying. Right. Right. <laughs> and you know, did you hear what he said? He said, let's just, let's just stop this nonsense. Right. He just came out. And that was his, his direct response to the White House. Yeah. When they yeah. started talking shit about him. He said, let's just stop this nonsense. Let's just stop this nonsense. Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know, and people still support his ass. You know, I'm just like, okay. you need to we would be fine right we'd be doing okay then keep wearing those masks a little longer when you decide to go to disneyland or whatever or to the beach right, right. so um but apparently we can't no because <laughs> it's politics because the moon landing was fake and the earth is flat and vaccines will kill you and covid is just a just a conspiracy it's obama conspiracy and, you know, the other, the other thing that comes to mind as well is that, you know, the World, the World War II veterans, they fought 
And now these people are taking their freedom to extremes. Yeah. I said, if we had lost the war, you wouldn't have a damn choice. Right. You know, like you would have been China cracking down on shit. Yeah. And yeah. deciding to kill you or, or do away with you with nothing you can do about it. Right. Right. You know, like people, I don't know. I mean, it works both ways. You know, our government mobilizes in our defense. Then, uh, damn it, we need to mobilize in our own defense. Right. And that's just not happening. Oh, my gosh, a car moved. Yay, I'm just one car away. One car left. Okay, I'm up, I'm up. All right. Hey, you got to be quiet. You don't want them to know. This is Mark McRae getting a COVID test live on Thunder Talk. Everybody. Q-tip up into Mark's face. We'll see how he's doing after that. Should I close my window? I don't know what the holdup is now. No, I would definitely close that window until they need it open. Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to shove a Q-tip all the way back, uh, all the way into the back of your brain. Right. I guess I got to shove it until it feels uncomfortable. Right, until, uh, you're, until you're crying. All right, she walked away, and I think she's getting my test ready. Oh, here we go. Hey, if you could hold your phone as close to your nose as possible and make it sound as uncomfortable and miserable as you can. Okay. That would really help our listeners out. <laughs> All right. Here she comes. Right, I'm going to guide you through the testing, okay? All right. Thank you. Take out. Yep. Take out that bag. Mm-hmm. Take these two out. Okay. okay. Where it says two here, you're just going to fill it in half like a banana. Okay. So you're going to take it out from that end, just like this. Okay, then a few things before we start. So go up, not in. 15 seconds, small circle, one nostril. Same thing with the neck. Make sure this goes in your nostril by at least an inch up. And when you feel resistance, don't go any farther. Okay. Might want to use your drop-down mirror to watch yourself. And then I'm going to count you down when you're ready. Okay. So just straight up. Straight up. Go up and then circles. Circles. Bigger. So take this thing and go like this. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, perfect. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Okay, take it out. Uh-huh. I know, that thing is crazy. Uh-huh. I know, I know, take a minute. I know. <laughs> I know, I'm different. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you ready for the next one? Alright. I'm ready. Drop that in. Uh-huh. And then that plastic 
there's a clear divider in the bag? Yeah, that's all right. right. Perfect. Now make sure all the air is out before you close it. Make sure it's up. Make sure it's the word I'm looking Then you're going to take those wipes that I gave you. Take one and just wipe the bag. Okay, and the wipes are in here? Yep. Just wipe this bag? Yes, yes, wipe that bag. Then after you wipe the bag, you're going to take it, place it in the drop box right here. Okay. After you drop it in the drop box, make sure you take the other wipes and wipe the top of the drop box off. Oh, okay. Also, you're going to receive an email from CVS. going to give you instructions to set up the account called MyChart. Okay. Set that up, you'll get your results in four to eight days. Mm -hmm. Make sure to check your email because after 24 hours, that link expires. Right. Also, there's a piece of paper in that brown bag with more information. Oh, okay, perfect. Have any questions or anything? Um, no. So I drop it in the bag, completed test kits only, and then I wipe the top of it. Yes, you got it. All right, perfect. You did great. All right, thank you. Yep, have a good one. You too. Well, there it is. How, how's how's your face feeling, Mark? Oh. oh my gosh. Woo! That'll wake you up in the morning. Oh yes, I got tears coming out of my eyes. It was so uncomfortable, and you know she had to check with me because she's like, "Are you okay?" Because I was like, "Oh, I guess the look on my face was like, oof." Right. Yeah, so that's it. That's it. Done. Would you recommend it? Yeah, definitely. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So, Mark, burning question. Are you negative or positive? I mean, if you don't mind my asking shit, I don't want to, like, get into your personal life. Damn. Oh, we, I do. That, that sounded do you, better I'm in my head. I'm all up in I'm your sorry. personal life. I'm sorry. Kavika nosy. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, I am negative. Thank God. Yay! Hey. That's, yeah. the, that's the best answer. <laughs> How long did it take to find out? Three weeks. Gee, Willikers. Wow. Three weeks. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And, um, you know, I kept checking every day. So, like, once you take the test, they send a link to your email and you set up an account and then you can just check every day. A my a my chart account. Yeah, right. A my chart account. So you were probably questioning it the entire time, like, oh my gosh, right? If they're taking this long, there must be a reason. Right, right. So, uh, one question I do have is: Does the test tell you if you have been exposed previously? You, you know, like you might not be positive now, but do you like have antibodies, or does does that test tell you no, anything like that? It doesn't. So I did a follow up exam with my physician. And he said that he can't give me a COVID test. He said, what I can do is test for antibodies. And so I'm waiting to get that back. Um, I was actually okay. supposed to have that back. He said, it'll just take a few days. And <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. Just like the stimulus check. They're in the mail. <laughs> Next evolutionary leap in the Thunderverse has arrived. The Ring of Thunder is a whole week's wrestling in a half hour. What? The Ring of Thunder is a whole week's wrestling in a half hour. What? Every show. What? 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 You come up around here wetting in sexy Thor's yard like he's anything but the hammer swinging, burrito eating, mic blazing, marking out but never tapping out Lord of Thunder. Like you would do anything but sit down, open your ears, and take in the Ring of Thunder wherever you find your podcasts like you would find any other podcast in the Thunderverse or the ESO Network.
let's lighten up the the conversation a little bit because I I realize that uh, the author she she may be a horrible human I don't know however she did create a wonderful universe and one that has such interesting fans you know we have two with us today uh so tell us what really uh captured your heart with harry potter well i mean if you think about it um on your point uh there have always been horrible horrible people that write epic works you know i mean ernest hemingway is still required reading in some schools and the dude was you know he was a sexist and a misogynist so i mean (laughs) so it is it is a bit heartbreaking to find out that an author that you really love someone that you held in high regards turns out to be you know not so nice she did create this world that it's kind of hard not to love it. It's for those of us who've always felt kind of out of place. And it's like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if, you know, Hagrid showed at my door and said, hey, guess what? You're a wizard. You're special. <laughs> I'm still waiting for for my owl. I'm still waiting for my letter. It just never arrived, right? <laughs> right. I, I actually do have one for each of you my children. A, you yes. have a letter? <laughs> I went to... That's adorable. I went to the real platform nine and three quarters in London. Um, I went to King's Cross Station. I found out I was um, doing a job out there in Great Britain. And someone told me they actually have a platform nine and three quarters at King's Cross Station. And my geek mind went, oh, my God, that's (laughs) the first place I'm going tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So I got I got. Yeah, there was actually they did professional photos. So I got a picture. Really long line and everything. Yes. I stood in line for about two hours. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Just to get a photo of myself pushing the trolley through the wall. Um, with my Ravenclaw scarf on, <laughs> blowing in yes. the wind, and my wand poised. So that's amazing. Which where where I actually happened to find an actual, uh, I found a keychain, a Hufflepuff keychain that on the back says "Platform Nine and Three Quarters, King's Cross Station" that I had to send to my my wonderful yes. Henry. <laughs> I, I I may have got that in the mail, an owl. <laughs> Just you know, yeah. I may have got a little owl brought it over here. Maybe so, so, sorry if my owl pooped in your house. <laughs> he did. He did. He's getting old. Mangy old thing. Right. He's getting old. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you read the books first, or did you watch the movies first, or how, how did how were you introduced to Harry Potter? I was a um, movie Potter. Okay. Movie I saw. So my parents growing up that we were very, very, re- they're very religious. My mom thought Harry Potter was a devil. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> With, no. Witchcraft. Handsome so devil. I could not read Harry. Yes. Handsome devil. And um, it sucks. So I couldn't read the Potter books. So what happened was I went to my cousin's house and he introduced me to a movie called Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. UK Philosopher's Stone. And... <laughs> And I watched the movie. My mouth was open the whole time. I was in awe. I was in. It changed my life forever. And then I, then I snuck it. I said, I snuck it to my house and I told my mom, mom, you have to see this, please. My mom saw it. She's now the biggest Potter fan. Oh, really? (laughs) She's She's been converted. 
Yes, and she's Slytherin, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) She's house Slytherin, but I'm a mama boomer. You're Slytherin. (laughs) But, you know, but I was thinking about this whole J.K. Rowling thing, and there's always light at the end of the tunnel because I'm seeing so many of the actors come out against J.K. Rowling. Mm, It's beautiful. Bonnie Wright came out. um, Jenny Weasley. We got Emma Watson coming out and saying Mm -hmm. things for the trans people. We have Daniel Radcliffe coming out. Everybody's coming out. And I was on Twitter, Facebook, and I was just looking through the comments. And to see the Potter community go against jk rowling but still keep their love for potter in the oh, comments mm-hmm. was beautiful do you know what i'm saying because that shows yeah. that we're, we are so in love with the world yeah. that she created absolutely right. i mean it it is a really wonderful world and like i said earlier it is it's very vibrant and full of life and mm-hmm. it's just a very rich tapestry of different people and creatures and all kinds of things and it's just we can't allow something you know as the fan base you know we can't allow something that was you know it is it's very nice and you know we have the power to change it i mean just like how uh any number of fan fictions adapt a story and then authors see that and it, it can change like all of a sudden you get things you know like twilight mm. you know you just you know you, yeah. i'm just saying but you yes. just never you never know what will come out of just these fan-based feelings it's nice to see everybody kind of solidify and stand in solidarity behind what is right and you know like are you on the right side of history or aren't you you know and the fans definitely are i'll just put it that yes. way yeah absolutely yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> And especially knowing her fan base, most of your fans are millennials, believe it or not. Most of them are millennials, and you're going against a – you're saying something negative towards the wrong audience. Do you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's the wrong, the wrong audience. Well, in fact, it's well, funny you should say that, Henry, because um, I am not a millennial. However no, – Oh, the, that's why I said mo- the yeah. average. The average, definitely. I was introduced to Harry Potter by a millennial. <laughs> So, oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, uh, my cousin's daughter was crazy about it. She loved the books, and when um, the Sorcerer's Stone came out, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool. I got nothing to do. <laughs> you know, I guess I'll watch this kids movie." And after I watched the first movie, I was just like, "Whoa!" And I read all four of the books that had been released at the time, and I was like frothing at the bit ready for the next book (laughs) like oh my god what's gonna happen next like i gotta buy this book as soon as it's released here i was in my 20s like i gotta read this book Ah!" (laughs) so um and and you know uh kavika you mentioned adaptations and books being adapted and that's actually one of my pet peeves oh no (laughs) so for me the movies just made yes. it even better because they were great adaptations. They stuck really close to the book. And, you know, yeah, some things were cut, but whenever any adaptation is done, you're going to have to cut some things because you can't put everything in. And really, who really gives a darn about spew? You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. Justice for Winky. 
Justice for Winky. <laughs> Except Winky, Winky doesn't want it, though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, the only thing that I can say that I was really disappointed didn't make it into any of the movies was when Harry Potter goes to the froofy tea parlor with Cho Chang for a date... <laughs> I wanted to see an adaptation of that in the movie. It's like that scene wouldn't have been that long. The movie was really dark and kind of needed that comedic moment, just in my opinion. But plus, it would have just been really, really fun to see. Live from Studio A, WTLK. The Thunder. So this WTLK will probably be short and sweet because this has kind of been a slower news cycle and WTLK news cycles obviously being the duration between episodes of Thunder Talk and this one didn't really have any delays or whatever, just a little uh, sort of official logo treatment of the Suicide Squad coming in just under a year on August 6, 2021, and the, they released the logo treatment in English and other languages, and all in time for James Gunn's birthday. And the Suicide Squad news doesn't end there. What is this, 2016? Uh, there's a Suicide Squad video game coming soon by Rocksteady, the guys who made the Batman Arkham games, and it was announced and had a sort of little bit teaser poster of Superman with the crosshairs over at his head. So no other details, but maybe sometime next year in whatever form we get an E3, maybe. Or maybe there'll be a little bit more details coming around August 22nd when DC has their DC Fandom, which is going to be their virtual event, not unlike what Comic-Con International has done and what DragonCon is doing, and so far not too much is known about what's going to be there, or really like what big announcements, but there have been teasers from it from the Arrowverse shows, social media channels, and also from the Suicide Squad, so maybe we'll get some big details slash footage slash trailer maybe from the Suicide Squad, which after Wonder Woman 1984 will be the next DC movie, I do believe. And speaking of all those movies, we are on the verge of a reopening of movie theaters, hopefully, knock on wood. I mean, we're just, like, at the time of this recording, like, ten days away, so if we can just make it through those sleeps, then we'll actually be there, which means we're holding steady to the August 28th release of New Mutants, and uh, oh my goodness! Yeah, I'll, I'll just feel so so happy because i mean it doesn't even have to be good i just like really have been keeping the faith about you know seeing new mutants for sure and like maybe even a little extra of actually in the theater treatment and sure enough knock on wood because i mean we're just like less than a couple weeks away Ugh. Now with the breaking DragonCon press release, we go live to ESO media rep Dan Clink for the report. 
Thank you, boss. The convention's media engagement department announced on August 10th that DragonCon's Dragon Awards, a fan-chosen award program to recognize outstanding achievement in science fiction and fantasy literature, comics, gaming, and filmed entertainment, has published its ballot as the convention for 2020 has gone virtual. This year, the Dragon Awards forged a partnership with the Fulton County Library System to promote the ballot and registration through their social media and other programs at the system's 35 locations. All voting will be done electronically and only via a ballot email to each confirmed voter. To vote, fans must register on the Dragon Awards website. Ballots are then emailed in batches every few days through August. Fans have until Friday, September 4th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time to register. Voting ends 24 hours later on Saturday, September 5th, also 11.59 p.m., also Eastern. Winners will be announced on Sunday, September 6th, as part of Dragon Con Goes Virtual. In response to the pandemic, Dragon Con shifted its traditional convention to a virtual four-day program, September 4th through the 7th, which will be streamed and available for free to fans anywhere in the universe. Further details are available on the awards website, awards.dragoncon.org. Back to you in the studio, sexy. Thanks, Lightning Lad. Be sure to make your voice heard. We don't have the usual Dragon Con this year, but we're lucky to get what we are getting to participate in, so go ahead and make good use of the opportunity. This past weekend, on the weekend of the 7th, 8th, and 9th, was the beta for the Avengers game coming in September, and it's for the closed beta for PS4 pre-orders, and this coming weekend on the 14th through the 16th will be one for, it'll be open beta for PS4, so anybody can play, so if you got a PS4, get on that, and also it's a closed beta for Xbox One pre-orders, including myself, so next WTLK, I'll definitely be bringing you my impressions from that, and you'll hear about it, and maybe you don't have to wait that long, because... On the weekend of the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, it'll be all over the place. So you can play it whether you've not pre-ordered the game and you have an Xbox or not pre-ordered the game. You can have PS4, you can play this game. Or play the beta of this game and then get the game if you so choose, which uh, I've been watching a couple Twitch streams from a couple WWE superstars who have played the Avengers beta, and yeah, it's looking more and more awesome the more and more I look at it, so looking forward to it. Also, one of those streamers is Xavier Woods, aka Austin Creed, who runs the Up Up Down Down YouTube channel and is currently vying to be the host of G4, the old video game channel from the early to mid-2000s before it turned into like a Spike TV like dude channel but yeah apparently G4's coming back they announced this like sometime last month and Austin's main dream is to host a return of Nick Arcade but if G4's coming back for real he definitely wants to jump on that and I definitely want him to jump on that and also maybe 
once myself and Thunder Talk and everything gets big enough, we can start a hashtag to get Sexy Thor on Up Up Down Down. Like, hashtag sexy for UUDD or hashtag sexy Thor for UUDD. Hashtag, I don't know. Pick whatever hashtag and we'll see which one of them like really takes off and get the notice to get a sexy Thor on Up Up Down Down because... I love video games, of course I love wrestling, and very much knowledgeable about both, and of course comic books, so, you know, I think being Sexy Thor playing games and talking with Austin Creed, that would absolutely be a killer YouTube video, so uh, let's start those hashtags, people. But also, Going back to the Avengers beta and the open beta being on the weekend of the 21st, I'm not sure how much I'll get to play on that weekend because it is a, a should be a return to work for me, and also it's SummerSlam weekend, so you know, got a little bit more extra to do on that old Ring of Thunder podcast that you'll be listening to if you want to get recapped and caught up on different shows and different promotions around the world of sports entertainment professional wrestling and you know even if you don't know what the hell i'm talking about well you know learn something but anyways i'll have ring of thunder to do on that weekend and work to do so i'm gonna gotta fit in all that avengers beta goodness on the weekend of the 14th this has been wtlk the thunder drink fight and make your ancestors proud What will you do when your child asks? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What's wrong with you? Or will you handle it the right way? Sit down, baby girl. Let me introduce you to my friend, Mark McRae. Join Dan Clink and I on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast as we take a unique behind-the-scenes look at the history and dynamics of animation with plenty of laughs along the way. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a proud member of the ESO Network. Yeah, so speaking of adaptations, you know another adaptation that I kind of liked uh, were were all the Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. I think that they did a pretty good job. I thought they did a pretty good job with The Hobbit. I At first, whenever they said, hold on, we're going to make The Hobbit into three movies. I was like, are you fucking (laughs) kidding me? (laughs) What in the fuck is going on here? And But it ended up being done pretty well, right? Um I'm glad that uh, directors and producers and film studios are giving these works um, the amount of money and time, you know, into effects and all all the stuff that goes along to create something. I mean, yes, a, a book, you know, there's so much more that can happen in your imagination and all this. But really what brings like talk around the water cooler is the movies and because they yes. were able to execute it really well, um, I think that's why we have such a, an avid uh, fan base right now. It brings imagery to life. Like when you go to the Wizarding World, it's that castle from the movies. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And it brings pen and paper to life. And it brings in a whole new audience. Because after the first movie, it made like, this first weekend, it made like $90 million, the Sorcerer's Stone. So that was a big deal. And everyone went to buy the books. So... <laughs> That really can help. Well, the other thing on that is there are some people who just 
aren't really book readers. And I'm sure even after they watch the movie, you know, they still didn't read the books. But it allows if you have like multiple kids and you have your book kids and you have your movie kids, they all get to enjoy that together and be able to talk about it, even if some of them didn't actually read the books. And then, of course, you know, your book readers can fill in any holes that were there. Plus, then you can go to the yes. amusement park together and cast spells with your magic wand. <laughs> yeah. Or you can yes. play the Lego Harry Potter games like I did. So much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Two great things in one package, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, so what do y'all look... I mean, so here we, we have this fleshed out uh, universe. Well, it's becoming more fleshed out, especially with these new movies, right? That haven't even been books. So what are your hopes and hopes for the future of the wizarding world i would like them to go all the way back to the founders you know what i mean helga hufflepuff salazar slytherin i want to see movies on those characters because when you think of the founders that's what we're all worried about what house are you sorted into i want to know what's so great about like where the houses particular came from. wizards okay. you know what i'm saying that would be amazing that would be a smart place to go hmm. i feel like fantastic beasts right now um, it's a little convoluted. It's a mm. lot going on. Yeah. And I feel like it's too hard. Potter fans, it's easy for us to latch on to anything Potter because we're desperate. We want anything Potter. <laughs> but um, me but we fix. want any give me more, give me more. But you have to think, um, they have to still capture that magic that was the sorcerer's stone that can bring in other audiences. Like they're name dropping these random characters that no one's ever going to know unless they've read the books. Well, yeah, yeah like but no, I, I would like no, them to go way back. Nobody knows who Nicholas Flamel is. Like, like go back to nope. the first movie or the first book, and people are just like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, when I see Nicholas Flamel, that scene in um, Crimes of Grindelwald, oh, so funny. Yeah, so funny. But my question but so was, random. why was he there? Yeah, exactly. Yes, uh, but why? yeah, it kind of disappointed me that. They had these um, strong female characters that came off uh, strong in the first movie. And then the second movie is just like, yeah, yeah, you know, yes. so yes. it was like, yes. you know, and Queenie, like her whole thing. How was, dare you do that to Queenie? Right. Her whole deal was she wanted to be able to marry her love. And then all of a sudden it's like, nah, I'm with this guy now and, and screw my love. Whatever. Bye. Like what? But that just... <laughs> But that just shows how manipulative um, Grindelwald it, is. That just shows how silver tongue. You know, what I mean, how good he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Melissa, what do you, what what do you look forward to, or what would you like in the future? Uh, I I kind of liked seeing a young um, Dumbledore and mm-hmm. how they got into the the relationship with Grindelwald, and uh, you know, for me that was fun to see. Um, but yeah, a lot of the. The movies are just kind of like cobbled together, which is kind of disappointing. So it would be nice to have something like that, but like with a more solid storyline. Do, do you think that would just take uh, her writing a, another book and stuff to get that solid storyline in place? You know, I think with the books she's written, there's already a basis enough that like even if it was like you know screw this lady she built this whole world it was complete by the time she wrote her first book so i mean <laughs> if you if you just care enough you could mm-hmm. you could build on that world and i feel like the fans right now we know more about the lore sometimes than even J.K. Rowling does, it seems. Like, we just make up this lore in our head. And we're right. like, no, J.K. Rowling, it was this character. She's like, 
okay you know yeah, so, right. <laughs> so so beth it, what what are you looking forward to in the future for Potterverse? i would like to see some stories from the other schools like give us a story of girls from the school for girls give us a story from the american school she said they're supposed to be an american yeah, school over morning yeah, <laughs> yeah i couldn't remember the name I can't. I, my brain is too full of information to remember all so many details. But I know I'm Thunderbird, right? <laughs> but you could even have like a kid if she really felt like that connected to having a British main character. It's like have that kid be an exchange student or something like that. Oh. Tell us some stories from the other schools. I think that could be really interesting and bring in a whole different set of lore. Yeah, and and you know what I mean, Voldemort was a dark wizard, but you know um Ilvermorny definitely has their own dark wizards. And I feel like if you make the American like come on, if you get a new iconic castle for the, that's just marketing genius. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah. A new design, it's marketing genius. Right. Like uh, Americans will latch on to that like you know right. what I mean? Right. Oh, like crazy. Oh, they would love America. it. What about? Matter of fact, America. that could bring America together right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, we need something. Yeah. <laughs> what about a coalition of evil wizards? Oh. oh. Not just one Voldemort, but like 10. Like, what happens mm, there? Wow. You know? Like, like, not just some puny Death Eaters, but like, <laughs> they're all powerful wizards. Yeah. Who, mm-hmm. who knows? I'm in for the ride on this one. I enjoyed the last movies, I, but I'm pretty easily entertained. You know, <laughs> I I could just sit in a chair, give up two and a half hours of my life, and you know, and if there's like spells being cast and all kinds of cool creatures and nice scenery, I'm I'm in. So. Ooh, shiny! So- <laughs> Ooh, shiny! <That's> right. <laughs> so you yeah. just want to see right. see more Potter in general. Um, what well, is there anything specific well, you'd like it, to see? If if it was if I got more Potter, I'd want to see him as an adult. You know, like because he becomes an Arthur. Is that what they're called? Or or or, 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 or okay, yeah, or because like now he's at full command of his power. Like I would like to see that story. Yeah, yeah, but not because the they have child. the they have the mm. cursed child. Mm-mm. But I've never read the cursed child, oh. and I refuse to read this the screenplay or whatever it is. Yeah, you're lucky. And I yeah, it, it was <laughs> bad. It was to. really bad. And I'm a huge. I've heard horror fan. stories. Yeah. And oh, wow. I can't believe J.K. Rowling even allowed that to happen. See, that's why she's going crazy now. <laughs> she let that happen. You know, <laughs> there was one thing I really did enjoy from it. Um, I really liked the fact that Albus Severus, his best friend, was Scorpio Malfoy. <laughs> yes, and I thought, like, that's so cool. Like, what are the odds of those two becoming best friends? Like, that is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, it's about the kids. It's about that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's that it's that going to Hogwarts. That's that inner kid in us. That inner like ah. Uh, you know what I mean? Everybody likes an origin story, and so those are those are really easy to grab audiences. Well, I would like to thank y'all very much for your time tonight. Where can we find you? Like, we, we, if we want to hear more from y'all, is there anything that you're doing right now? Is there anything where- you'd like to plug? 
Is there anything you'd like to plug? Where can, where can the internet find you, find you? Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Like, can I plug my mouth? Will that work? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's me too. We, I just go with the flow and I just collect things like a Hufflepuff. I find things, collect things, and I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter as well. Yeah. And you can just look me up at Henry Conchola, nice and easy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just a boring old mom who's married to an egotist. Um, <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, damn. Oh, you know, Lightning lad, call ed- out. If that. you ever want to find me, I'm at um, Melissa Longclink on Facebook. So, Well, thank you very much. Your time was very, uh, we, we appreciate it. And yeah, that's that's all we have for you today. Thank you for having all me. All right, perfect. Well, everyone, you guys have a great day. Keep on rocking. Yeah. And don't be a rolling. Oh, <laughs> 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 that was great. Even that service for the seeing impaired, where it describes what's happening on the screen. Have you heard of this? It's been out for yes. a little while. No, I haven't. We need to look into getting that service for so many reasons, one of which uh, you can switch to the Beth channel so you could hear all of her gestures, movements, and stylings and and her new her new do see right now right now you can't hear this you can't you can't hear what we're seeing <laughs> you can't see that face oh, no. that only Beth makes <laughs> uh, nope. you can see it on on Beth's Twitch channel Beth what's what's up with that do do a pantomime for our our audience about that. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find you on the Twitch? She is twiddling her I was, thumbs like I she was is. <laughs> pretending to have a game controller in my hands and making lots of faces. Yeah. But I'm now a Twitch affiliate, so people can subscribe to me if they feel like Yay! it. Mm-hmm. And um, once I have enough money from subs, I am going to make a long Furby. I don't know what that means. That okay. sounds. I want to help exactly. you. Exactly. I want to help Hold you. Hold on, Dan. I don't either. I was. I said. She goes. You know what, Ben? As soon as I get enough money, I would like to make a long Furby. And I go. I don't even know the words that you were speaking <laughs> right now. But I'm, but, but I'm not going to stop you. But I'm not going to stop it's you. A, it's how, a Furby. How can I help? Except like, for very long. I was like, long I, furby. I firmly support any decision you make. How can I help you? What the fuck is a long fur? <laughs> you know what? Let, let's just like maybe Google and then post. Oh a yeah, long furby. long furby. Go look it up. It's there are long furbies with uh, Instagram accounts. The uh, long furby is a thing, you guys. We've been sleeping on the long furby, but it's time to wake up. I gotta add that as a note. Uh, hashtag long furby. Hashtag long Furby. That's appropriate, right? It's extremely appropriate. Mark, Mark. Yeah. Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. Yeah. So uh, the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast can be found on um, SoundCloud, Apple, Stitcher, 
the best that it is of our lives website, uh, tbsool.com. Yeah, all those places. And soon we'll be syndicated. Nah, nah, I'm just joking. Oh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, we will. You absolutely will. Adam. 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 Ring of Thunder. Oh, yeah. Ring of Thunder. We're still doing the damn thing. And by we, I mean me. That's right. No no, no one's boss. The one, the only, the greatest. (laughs) Got a hell of a staff going on here. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Employee of the month all around. (laughs) Um, last week, I didn't realize I was blah, 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 thunder talk here and this there. And Beth kept saying, Dan, you have an Instagram, Dan, or a, a, a Twitter, a Twitter. A Twitter, Dan, you have a Twitter, uh, the real Dan clink at Twitter, thunder talk pod at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how else to tell you. We're out there. We're not everywhere. And we're working on that, but if you want to go to where we are, you'll get us. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. Noplahoma, guys. Come hang out. You don't have to sub to me. Just come chill. It's fine. We like to play games and have fun. That's Twitch is the best. Uh, Stardew Valley last Thursday. My daughter watched you play. Yeah, she loved it. She loved it. Perfect. And Kavika. Where can people poke the bear? Uh, you can obviously you can poke me anywhere, and I will love it. Uh, find me on Twitter, K to say rambles on. Find me on Twitch at K to say unless I change my name to Pork Cutlet. Oh, don't test me. A bold move. Don't test me <laughs> because everybody likes a pork cutlet. But what about fried spam? Oh. Well, <laughs> usually my people love. I fucking love Brian Spam. Thunder Talk is a production of the Weirdos Workshop. Guest starring Jonathan Wheatley. James Cooper, Henry Colazzo Canchola, and Melissa Klink. Starring Mark McRae, Kavika Allo, Adam Wedston, Beth Allo, and Dan Klink. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod. Our email address is ThunderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. Look for us on uh, Channel 13, KCOP Los Angeles, broadcasting from the Mount Wilson Tower at, what, 500-something-odd uh, megahertz? We conclude our broadcasting day, and we hope you join us tomorrow for a new day here at Channel 13, KCOP Los Angeles. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.